Welcome to the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. I'm Adam Collins, one of the hosts. Shortly, Adam Harvey and Lisa Cooper will be joining me. This podcast was born from our awesome non-for-profit clothing brand, The Brave and Determined Company. Our mission is to provide everyone who needs it early intervention life-saving counselling. The three of us know firsthand the benefits counselling can have. We're just three friends breaking the stigma around mental health. This podcast is totally free. So to pay us back, subscribe and leave a comment. Spread the word on this movement that we've started. We hope you enjoy the show, but if you don't, we're going to do it anyway. Visit us at badco.uk. Welcome to the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. Welcome to episode 16 of the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Adam Collins. We've got Lisa Cooper. Hello. And we've got Adam Harvey. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving up your time and coming in to listen to us speak for an hour every week. Um, We love having you on board, but if you don't like it, we don't care. We're going to record it anyway. And this Mental Health Podcast was born off the back of our not-for-profit company, the Brave and Determined Company. So how is everyone this week? Harves, how are you? I'm good. I'm I'm a bit warm right now, but uh, generally I'm good. I'm off the back of a camping weekend, which ordinarily would have been a, a battle for me. And, you know, I get, you know... I, I generally don't like camping. I don't like the lack of sleep. I don't like the wasps. I don't like other people. I don't like hot tents, cold tents. Never, there's never any sort of in-between temperature. I can see why you chose camping as a recreational activity. <laughs> so I was, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't choose it, but we were invited to summit a big camping thing and with some friends. Um, and actually, I really enjoyed it. It was great. We were out in the middle of nowhere. The weather was brilliant all weekend the kids weren't on their ipads or their tablets or anything they were just out constantly from the moment they got up to the moment they went to bed they were just running around and playing and on their bikes and just in the great outdoors and it was it was a great experience so um it's put me in a really positive mood this week fantastic talking about the kids playing we've got shelly on today so shelly is our child's counsellor who does some work for us at the brave and determined company we refer people to her and she gives them that in early intervention life-saving counseling so that's really cool maybe we'll pick up later with her about the the kids not on phones and ipads because that would be an interesting conversation absolutely oh cool i'm glad you're having a good time or had a good time just to pick up on it is scorchio over here again isn't it for our listeners across the pond it is nearly 30 degrees i think today which is hot for us, isn't it? We're on a health warning. How's you, Lise? What's new? I'm good. I've got a bit of a sore throat this evening. Oh. I know, but I think it's because I saw my sister weekend and her and the kids had colds. Did they? And we did quite a bit of screaming and singing along to Westlife. Westlife. I had a lovely weekend. We went to see Westlife at Wembley Stadium, which was literally everything we hoped it was going to be and a little bit more. Oh, brilliant. Lise, we do um, we we get the opportunity to look at the demographic of our listeners, and there are some that are under thirty years old. So, could you just explain <laughs> who Westlife are? Do you know what I went out for dinner last Friday night with my nephew, who's he'll be seventeen in September, and he didn't know who Westlife were. I was not happy. I know who they are. I couldn't name one of their songs. Oh, we did I mean, speak they... about this though. Yeah. Um, what was it? it? Was the Billy Joel one they they did? Uptown, Uptown. Girl. Uh, yeah, Harves' Westlife song was Billy Joel, which isn't even a Westlife song. Did you see the disappointment, Harves, in Lisa's face then when she said, <laughs> "Oh, well, Harves wow. said that wasn't it?" <laughs> it wasn't even a Westlife song. <laughs> but they did cover it, no? 
they did cover it, yeah. They like Claudia Schiffer in the uh, in the video. It was at a diner, wasn't it? In an American diner. Lise, can you explain to our listeners who Claudia Schiffer is? <laughs> and yeah. what a music video is as well. It's on MTV. But yeah, no, Westlife are one of the most successful boy bands of all time. Uh-huh. And they sold Wembley Stadium out 23 years after they started. I mean, that's okay. pretty good. That's, that's pretty, a pretty that's big pretty achievement, isn't it? You know, most people do it at the height of their career. West I've got back together and now they've done it. And you loved it. So that's that's cool. Yeah, really it was a little bit sad because we used to go with my mum and there was, you know, a few sad moments and it, they finished on You Raise Me Up, which is a song we had at a funeral. So it was a few tears, but it was it was amazing. We loved it. And I saw the kids, my niece and nephew, and they always make me feel better about life. And I'm sure your mum was there with you somewhere. Oh, yeah. There were some things that happened. You know, when people say like you get signs from people who have passed on. And we literally sat in our seat, and I won't discuss it, what it was because it's something stupid, but literally we sat down and we both looked at each other and we're like, if mum was here, she would, love, you know, I mean, like, she would love this. And if that's not a sign from her that she's here, you know, we don't know what else is. So, oh, fantastic. It was lovely. And how are you? You have been very busy today, Mr. Collins. It's been a busy couple of weeks. As anyone who lives in the UK knows, it's a very dry spell we're having and all the grass has gone yellow and there is not an ounce of water coming out of the sky in humidity or dew in the morning or rain or anything. And when everything's dry, what happens? I've got a question about this, actually. So in my garden... I've got a little glass table, which is my table. It's got an umbrella in it. The umbrella's not up, but it's in the corner of my garden. It's got grass underneath it. And I was thinking the other day, would the grass catch fire or not? Well, so to answer the question, because I was hoping you are going to answer the question at least and say fire, you know, that's what happens. But we, you went on to talk about your table in your garden. <laughs> <laughs> no, I generally was meant to ask you whether it would, it's likely to catch fire out there um it shouldn't be because glass it would light would just reflect through glass if the glass is thicker in one point than it is in another then it might act like a magnifying glass and then yes it could catch fire but it oh. shouldn't should i move it over to the shingled stone area just in you, case you can i don't know if our podcast listeners are really <laughs> interested where your table Sorry. goes least <laughs> <laughs> you identify that parts of the glass is magnifying then you've got that knowledge then so you should probably do something about it because i've I mean, if it catches fire and you knew about it, you could be considered... A, and then ads is called out to put it out. It'd be like, let's say we talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, you could be a grassonist. <laughs> oh, mate, he <laughs> built that up, didn't he? There was a good four minutes of chat into that one. <laughs> anyway, back to why we were talking about fire and dry grass. Yes, it's been a bit busy. There's been endless field fires, endless field fires. Um, three today I've been on. There's, I mean, over the weekend I was on, you know, two each day i think uh, the guys i was at work yesterday so the guys went out they had seven shouts yesterday so any i know everyone loves taking the mick out of me being a firefighter and i get called a water fairy by our uh, police officer <laughs> friends but come on man break me off sam we've been working hard okay so i've got a, a probably a naive question and i know this podcast isn't a fire safety podcast or whatever there's a lot of field fires because the weather is hot yeah but what is triggering the fires? What What is the source of ignition? Well, things don't just catch a light, do they? So what what is it? You know, that that's the question. I don't know. A cigarette butt thrown out a window, a piece of broken glass off a, off a bottom of a bottle left in, a, left in some grass and the, the sun's shone through it and it's magnified it. It could be a spark out of exhaust. I don't know. 
Yeah, and there's a lot in the news about these uh, disposable barbecues being a problem as well. Yeah, but the the places we're going, there's no barbecues there. They're not they're they're farmers' fields. But like the A three O three tonight was closed because we had such a big fire next to it, and it's endless at the moment. It's just endless. And and the thing is, with we all know that um, climate change is is a thing. You know, it's going to get drier and hotter every year. This ain't going away. So I encourage, this is a fire safety podcast now, Halves. Um, <laughs> I encourage everyone to be vigilant and don't start fires. Don't throw fag butts out the window. Pick up any broken glass, you might see. Yeah, I mean, well, don't, because then you might cut yourself. Carefully, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's been a busy period. So yeah, to all the people out there who say firefighters just sit around drinking tea and we're water fairies, just give, if you know a firefighter, give them a bit of slack. Give them a hug. Next couple of weeks. Yeah, next Bye couple of weeks. Bye, McDonald's. So, yes, it's been a nice week, but a busy week. So, it's all good. So, let's talk about Lisa Loves to Lift and our weekly home videos. How was that, Lisa? I loved it. What did you think, Arms? <laughs> I thought it was really good. Really good. Ah, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was yeah, cool. Absolutely. I mean, it was hard work. Others I've spoken to about it as well were, were very impressed. And I know one person you inspired to exercise off the back of it. So, oh, really? oh, brilliant. Well done. That's really there we cool. go. That's what it's all about, isn't it? But when I watched it, I thought, God, you must have been knackered at the end of that. Do you know what? I really was. So I used to, in lockdown, I did a lot of those kind of home workouts. I did a lot of like Bradley Simmons's uh, Mark Wright's Train Right app. And I did a lot of those hit workouts. And I, I, I mean, I found them hard then, but from not doing them for like, I suppose what we now do, two years and doing CrossFit, which is kind of high intensity. But going back to that, I was absolutely knackered. I was sweating and all sorts going on. So yeah, it was good though. It was a nice little change from sort of throwing a barbell around and ripping my hands on a rig and stuff. You could also so, yeah. do as well, like, because you did a few moves in there that I'd never seen before. So you oh. could do little breakdowns to show people like the move. So go, right, this is the move. It's going to go into this workout. I mean, hopefully, I kind of, I broke it down. I thought into like the movements first and then showed the workout. It's hard though, putting a reel together it's not my forte. <laughs> I struggled more with that than I did. It's vulnerability, Lisa. Than I did the actual workout. There. And I think it's really cool that you're doing it, you know? It was good. And I'm hoping to do another one this week, which will be out of the weekend. Brilliant. And if anyone's got anything they want to see, if they want a specific kind of leg workout or an upper body workout or, you know. I mean, I did quite a few in lockdown work using like a towel for upper body workouts, you know, to kind of mimic like a band or something. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I wonder what you meant got- with the towel. Yeah, like so. Yeah, so that using the towel as resistance. There you go. This is all the things that people want to see. Get people off the sofa, and just remember, even if you do, like, say, Lee smashes out a hundred burpees, a hundred burpees, Lee. No, um, but you know, if you can only manage five, do five. It's five yeah, more exactly. than someone else. Yeah, yeah, the sofa doing nothing. Accessible, you know, so you can all break them down. The one I did this week was just as many rounds as you could manage. So if you have to yeah. take a rest in between each exercise or in between each round. Doesn't matter. Just yeah. get moving. Excellent. Good work, Lise. Good work. You are the Mrs. Motivator of 2022. I am Lizzie. <laughs> Do you remember Lizzie? Was, that was on like um, Good Morning TV or something, wasn't it? Yeah, TV AM. Yeah, but again, listeners who weren't born in the 80s will not know what they were going on about. <laughs> I mean, they missed out. Half yeah. doesn't know who Lizzie is, does he? I can see it. I it's know funny. who Lizzie I can remember my mum watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get some sweatbands and a headband. Leg warmers. Tell my hair. Halves, tell us about the Brave and Determined Charitable Trust. How are we looking? We're looking good. The Brave and Determined Charitable Trust will be the charity arm of the Brave and Determined Company. So 
our plan is to take the profits from the business, put them into the charity and get some awesome people that are going to be involved in that to distribute them correctly. Uh, and it also enables us to raise funds and do fundraising and have people do uh, volunteer days and all kinds of doors it will open for us as a charity, which in turn will enable us to provide more people with access to the counselling, which is exactly our purpose. Plans are afoot. The Charlie and Rachel are dealing with it for us, uh, are, you know, are making good progress. So not long now. Fantastic. That's really cool. Um, another thing we've got to tell everyone is we're going to be at the Gillingham and Shaftesbury show. So for people who don't know what the Gillingham and Shaftesbury show is, it's a massive agricultural show that is in between the two towns of Gillingham and Shaftesbury. So it's about three miles out of where we live. Come along, see us. We're going to have some new products there. We're going to have some coffee cups. We're going to have our lions with the little zippy butt. They're super cute. And I'm going to buy one and cuddle it when I go to sleep. There's going to be some new t-shirts, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you come and see us. It's the 17th of August. So that will be on Wednesday of next week. So that's really cool. Make sure you come and see us. And that's just it's exciting to come around quick, isn't it? It's yeah, a big it thing, isn't it, in Dorset, the Gillingham Shaftesbury show? Yeah, and being a big agricultural sort of area, it's huge. It's like, huge. Lots, it's one yeah. of the biggest, isn't it? and they have lots and lots of food there so i'm gonna enjoy it nice i've eaten an ostrich burger there one year it was delicious i've not been since i was 15. you need to come then lise come on wednesday well i'd love to but unfortunately the lady i work with goes every year religiously and i don't get to take the day off oh maybe just come for a couple hours in the afternoon i think it shuts by half past five doesn't it? or ring in sick oh yeah I'm hoping that some people have jumped jumped onto the alcohol-free wagon and there'll be some decent alcohol-free beers down there. That's what I'm hoping Ooh. as well. I will I will I will uh, add to the the fact that I did the, the camping thing that I spoke about earlier in the podcast. I did that without drinking which is something I would have definitely done in the past and that not drinking certainly helped uh, my enjoyment of it. And what did Nay say about how you were? I really loved that, what you said earlier in the week. Well, they felt like they got somebody back or more of me back because uh, I had more energy. I was, I was up early. I was playing with the kids throughout the day, playing rounders, you know, all those kind of things. Stuff that I may have got involved with in the past, but I was just doing more of it um you know more helpful and just just generally a better person so in i have to put my hand up and that and say that that is a consequence of not drinking a, a positive outcome i would say to people out there if if they are curious about being sober just give it a go man because the rewards are huge aren't they well like we, we've discussed this before Ab, but the rewards aren't just for you they're, they're, they're for the people around you as well I'd say more for the people around you than they are for you. Like, I still wake up feeling knackered. You know, I don't get out of bed sprightly and jump up and think, woohoo, let's start the day. Um, I mean, I do come across like that on the uh, Instagram <laughs> stories. But, um, you know, I think the people around you just get a lot more out of you. And I think that's a really positive thing. So, but anyway, anyone who needs anything from us, got any questions, needs some support, get in contact with us at the brave and determined company at gmail.com. So, should we go over to our guest? Yes. Let's welcome the wonderful Shelley. (music) 
So Shelley, welcome. Um, Shelley's one of our counsellors who works for um, the Brave and Determined Company and welcome to the Really Bad Mental Health podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's really, really cool to, to finally get you on, on board. I know we've had a bit of trouble with them. <laughs> so that is where my therapy room is. I live near Wimborne though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely something along those lines. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I um, I feel like some of that might have been maybe an accidental kind of falling into those kind of breaths. Um, I started off as a teenage kind of therapist, and that's where I held my volunteer placement whilst I was doing my training. And um, I just kind of fell in love with that. And then I actually started working at a primary school where obviously um, they were much younger. And actually that was a school that specialised in social, emotional, mental health difficulties with children displaying challenging behaviour um, and would generally have diagnosis of ADHD, ASD type things, uh, PDA, ODD. So because they gave such great training um I seem to have managed to fall into this niche where actually I can bridge a few things in counselling wow that's really really cool um so I think actually halves you might be best asking the first question because yours actually just links into what Shelley said there okay so my question was or is what inspired you to get involved in counselling slash therapy in the first place was it you know, like a specific event. Um, and what advice would you give to anyone considering it as a career choice? So uh, I, my basic memory of me deciding upon change was actually me filming, doing some extra work. And we were up in Milton Keynes doing an Asda advert other supermarkets are available wow um, i need and... to ask i need to ask did you, do, did you do the tap your pocket thing that they used to do <laughs> i did not know i did however uh... I, massively disappointing guys i know i'm really sorry um but i i had a trolley and i was in really really light um spring clothing because it was supposed to be for a springtime advert. However, they filmed those things months in advance. So here I am in the depths of January at minus six in spring clothing. I can't feel my left arm. It's gone numb. Oh, no. And the, the, the AD behind the camera goes, you in the beige Mac, smile. You're almost in focus. And I thought, <laughs> oh, man, you, right, this is it. Um, this, is, this is not happening with my life anymore. 
I need to retrain for something. So that was, so what um, was when this, I was. Shelley? Oh, so this would have been. So I moved back down to Dorset in 2012. Okay. So this would have been somewhere in the depths of 2010-2011. So um, I basically took my time in making a decision over what kind of course I would like to do. And so I was basically sort of skimming around good old Google going, you know, what kind of courses? And I was kind of looking at theatre courses, actually, and maybe doing some because that's what I had known for the last 20 years. Um, when actually I hit upon short courses, level two counselling skills. And I basically had a little look at the breakdown as to what the course kind of involved. And then it was a bit like a person specification kind of thing. And I went, oh, my goodness, that's that's actually what I've been doing almost my whole life, you know, in helping roles. Um, people would often come to me and go, oh man this has gone on this has gone on you know what shall I do and I feel like um, it kind of stemmed from there so all it kind of almost feels like maybe I stuck a pin in a piece of paper and went yeah that will do but effectively I went on a level two course which is 15 weeks and absolutely fell in love with it completely um, to the point where in the end of September I'm going to be starting my degree from the University of Chichester doing humanistic counselling. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what a journey. So what what made you really focus on that then? So obviously you knew you didn't want to be the extra anymore and you just stumbled <laughs> across this, but that's yeah. quite a bit that's quite a big jump, isn't it? Yes, I think it probably is, but the way that my mind was working was actually mm, there's a lot of mental health difficulties within theatre within sort of working with actors I've worked with clowns and you know some of them can be you know quite depressed and obviously actually I I have worked with um youngsters you know sort of well when I say youngsters I mean people younger than me who've been through dance school and actually have a bit of hang up around body and food issues so some of it you're already slightly immersed in it and actually once you read a few kind of books you start thinking gosh this is a really interesting subject you know and I just found myself wanting to know more about it and actually once I had gone through a lot of training I noticed how the arts and theatre fit like a glove like some kind of divine kind of thing has shone down and everything has slotted into place is what it feels like wow I wouldn't have thought that you know I, from an outsider looking in I would never have thought that would be th those two would be so linked yeah there's um there's a, a massive movement within uh drama therapy we've got dance therapy art therapy um, there's lots and lots of ways and it's all about expressing yourself and giving yourself authenticity and permission to be you. I suppose as well in that field you get a lot of rejection you get a lot of people saying no mm. um, which must be a yeah. difficult thing to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And actually, sometimes you get told that you don't look right. And, you know, and what must that do to your self-esteem? And the whole idea of being you is you wanted something and you weren't quite the right fit. My daughter, she is 12 and she dances ballet. And already they they look at the body shape of those girls and boys Mm. and say yes or no. At yeah, 12. yeah. And it's it's just heartbreaking, isn't it? Whereas, you know, what we should be doing is, hey, if you want to do that, then let's go, you know, because it doesn't matter what you look like. It actually matters what your muscles can actually do, what your body is physically able to do. Yeah. And I, and I think perceptions are changing, aren't they? When you look at adverts now, as opposed to adverts 10, 15 years ago, the the pictures of the people they use in in clothing brands and um you know jewelry watches those 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 things are changing aren't they they're different people now than they were everything was airbrushed back then and you know every Mm. everyone the perfect bodies the perfect faces whereas now they're using normal people and when we set up the brave Mm -hmm. and determined company harves and i said whenever we have a photo shoot we want to use normal people we want to use people that we know that are normal people because we don't want to be Mm. one of these um companies that only uses you know the the models to do it we want to use everyone we want everyone to be involved in this absolutely and i we have come a really long way but it's really unfortunate that actually it has to be massive media campaigns that have once again made it okay for you to look like you yeah absolutely and you see a lot of things now um obviously we we follow a lot of things that are um mental health um focused and mm-hmm. so many things these days say how it's okay to be you you know it's okay to yeah to be who you are and accept who you are and and it seems that that is is moving earlier and earlier to people now you know people who are very young mm. are, are being told that yeah there's there's definitely something cultural that has happened um you know some sort of cultural shift which has meant that it really feels like lots and lots of young people um, aren't allowed to to take time for themselves, to have their own ideas, to have their own thoughts and opinions, because you are seen as selfish, whereas you have to dedicate yourself to other people to be sort of part of a group. So it almost feels like when you're counselling, you're almost working against something that's happened within the culture to say, it's okay to be you. It's okay for you to say, hey, do you know what? I know you've said that we should go here tonight, but how about we go here instead, you know, to to have all of that. And it just, it feels really hard because they they feel like they're being selfish. Yeah, absolutely. Lisa, it probably brings us on to your question, actually. Yeah, so I was wondering, um, obviously, like kids nowadays, they've got so many pressures and outside influences and things. And we've all been there where we've been teenagers and we've just been moody. And, you know, what sort of signs and symptoms should we look out for in our own children, um, which might indicate that they they are suffering with their mental health? Well, I think that for your, you know, your own children, you would have, you know, some idea of a baseline you know, what they are generally like, and then you can sort of do, you know, plus five, minus 10 in accordance to 
hormonal, not hormonal, you know, hangry or it's too hot. They need some sleep, you know, the normal things that, you know, affect us all. And if they go above or below the kind of baseline that you expect, then, you know, it might be time to start a conversation, especially with things like where they might be withdrawing, spending lots of time in their room, or maybe spending lots of time with people that you've not really met. Um, maybe even, you know, because unfortunately that we do have uh, young people that do self-harm, it's noticing maybe when things go missing uh, from bathrooms or particular areas. And, you know, maybe noticing that they have changed the style of clothing that they might wear. So it's all these ideas of a shift from the norm. Yeah. It's hard though, isn't it sometimes? Because we, we, I mean, I've, I wasn't too bad, but my sister was very, very emotional <laughs> as a kid. And, you know, you know, sometimes my mum probably didn't know. And in those days, it, it wasn't really talked about, was it? Like, we're a lot more open now mm, to the yeah. idea that children are suffering. Whereas, like, when we were younger, it wasn't, it wasn't really a, I don't know if it wasn't an issue, perhaps, or whether it's just that it just wasn't recognised as much. I think there's, I think there are so many other pressures on young people these days so that you know the there's so much going on whereas you know I grew up in what like you know 80s 90s kind of thing where we just didn't have social media we didn't have mobile phones if you wanted to meet someone you'd go around their house and knock on for them or <laughs> yeah. you'd phone them up on the landline kind of thing and so you know everything was sort of um pre-measured like we're going to meet here at this time and you all congregate whereas now everything's really immediate so you know you need to have your phone on you at all times because plans change so quickly and if you're not with it then actually you get left behind and then you've lost your tribe if you lost your tribe yeah. you're on your own you're easy pickings it, well, it's yeah. great that you say that about the tribe and Harv, I know you've been a sort of an advocate of the the tribe and the belonging side of things. And we've actually done a podcast episode about finding your tribe. And um, that's interesting you say that. And me as a father of a 12 year old girl and a 14 year old boy, I think this you're actually teaching me some good stuff here because... It, it frustrates me with the phone. The phone's always in their hand and I'm saying, put the blooming mm. phone down. Why, you know, what, you don't need to brush your teeth with a phone in your hand. You don't need <laughs> to get, a, you know, when you're cooking toast in the morning, you can put your phone down. But actually, when you look at it from that point of view of they don't want to get left behind, I absolutely understand why they've got their phone in their hand. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, there is a little thing where I also think there's a concentration span shift where we've slightly gone backwards where we can concentrate on the phone for really really long periods of time but the content on the phone is only 15 seconds long yeah with so TikTok it's a bit like, things like that absolutely so you know we're teaching the children actually you know all you've got to do is concentrate for 15 seconds and then we move on we move on we move on I mean kids these days when they listen to music they go skip that 
skip that. And do you know what? I'm guilty like, of doing that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Me too. really? Yeah, I yeah. do that. Absolutely not. Like I'm a proper right note. We stick it out. We've got resilience. We've got tolerance. We keep going to the point where I'm happy with adverts. They really don't upset me. You know, <laughs> I'll read a book in the five minutes that they're on or something. But um, even my sister, who is 15 years younger than me, she's like, nah, we ain't listening to the DJ. It's music or nothing kind of thing. <laughs> It is funny, though, because I find myself skipping through songs. You know, I've got um, Amazon Music, so I find my other other music platforms are available. Um, <laughs> I find myself skipping through the songs, but it's actually I'm skipping through songs that I like, but I'm thinking there's something better. Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, but then we're than... all onto the dating apps, aren't we? Well, luckily, I've never had to do that. Oh, man, it's <laughs> We won't talk about my experiences on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's the whole podcast in itself. <laughs> well, maybe next week, Lise. Maybe we should do that. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but it's funny you say that because, you you know, that, that 15 seconds of concentration, you know, I'm sure the phones have a detrimental you know, uh, effect at some point on the children. And I'm talking, I say phones, I'm talking about everything, social media, the, the engagement on phones, the no, no kids watch TV anymore, it's all YouTube, stuff like that. There must be detrimental effects coming out of it, but also there must be some good things coming out of it, some positives of it's easier to find your tribe, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I mean bearing in mind that finding a tribe on say YouTube means a massive online tribe kind of thing and actually um, our brains are all built for face-to-face -face sociability we have mirror neurons in our brain which means that we can understand what the other brain is thinking saying doing and reacting you know our heartbeats become in sync with one another when we're in a room and we're all kind of vibing off of one another. And, you know, when you go for a night out, if the vibe is good, then you're, you know, on a high. It only takes one thing to bring the whole thing down. And it's all to do with our emotional kind of palette, really. Hmm, interesting. I'm sure there's another whole podcast about that, about, <laughs> you know, being in a room with people and that face-to-face -face contact and how as people that's what we need i think we all understand that we're there on some sort of level that we we get something out of that face-to-face -face engagement you know through lockdown people being virtual was was horrendous for a lot of people yeah. and there was a lot of backlash from that wasn't there mm. yeah i mean that so much has changed in the world of counseling just because of the way that we switched to platforms such as zoom um so that you know we can continue to offer support but actually for me it's a, it's a really painful platform because I do like to be face to face I do like to be able to read the whole body language not just do the news readers half where you can't see what the legs are doing yeah absolutely when when I went through counseling last year with Jackie mm -hmm. um I was offered online appointments and I said, no way, no way I could do that. I had to be sat in a room with someone because yeah. as much as I can do a work call on Zoom and, you know, we can do the podcast on Zoom, I can't fully engage with someone unless I'm with them. And obviously with a, with counselling and going through some of your deepest, darkest things, I, I, needed, I needed that face to face. I couldn't have done it mm -hmm. over Zoom at all. 
Yeah, 100%. And sometimes you need to be able to read the other person's face to gauge a reaction. Um, you know, that's what our faces have always done so that we can be alerted to danger. You know, this is why we have anxiety. This is why we do face to face. It's literally so that you can look over my shoulder and spot danger for me and I can do the same for you so that we are in a space where both of us are safe. We know nothing's going to get us. And I suppose, um, you know, if you looked at people from around the world, all walks of life, we've all got different faces, but you can see fear in anyone's face, no matter where they're from. Absolutely. So you know. that goes back to before we could talk to each other with universal languages. You know, mm -hmm. you could look at someone from a completely different walk of life and you would know if they were scared or happy or sad or, you know, angry. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same, you know, when we're teeny tiny babies, you know, you you look up and you'll see that, you know, baby is making the same face as mum or later on will then try to make a certain face to get mum or dad to react a certain way. So it's all about that eye contact. It's all about those facial muscles that are actually contorting. And then it goes into language where the face has to match the tone in order for everything to go right in social communication. Yeah, absolutely. The face and the tone are a big thing, aren't they? Because they have to match, otherwise our brains would be confused by what's going on, what's happening. Absolutely. And, yeah. Sorry, talking of communication, that was going to be my other question. Have you got any tips on how you can we could like encourage parents to get their children to open up if they do think something's wrong? So the things that I find that I give to parents most, most often, which is what I kind of learned in the schools, is the sort of I wonder script, because lots of the time children don't actually have the emotional vocabulary yet. So they might be feeling stuff, but they haven't got uh, much of a clue as to how to put that into words. So you do it for them and you go, I wonder if you're feeling a bit anxious right now. And I wonder if there's anything I can do to help. And it's sort of giving them a name for the feeling or giving them the chance to go, mm, it doesn't feel like worry. Maybe it feels like I'm a bit sad. I'm a bit, but you know, it opens up that whole idea of being able to put some jigsaw pieces together to make a picture. That's really interesting, isn't it? And, uh, you know, again, as, as being a dad, those times where both my kids, we go through times where they don't want to talk to you. They just say, no, everything's fine. And you're trying to get that information out of them. And you yeah. know something's wrong. It's really difficult to, because you, you're playing, it, you're like on a knife edge, aren't you, of upsetting them because you're prying too much or you're asking too much or you're going to get frustrated because they won't tell you what's wrong. But at the same time, you know something's wrong. So to just change that and use a phrase of, I wonder if, and then put some suggestions in there. Do you, hmm. do you find that works even up into teens? Because some, some teens might not have the vocabulary, like you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, in, into all of us, really, even in adults, you never know what could have happened in childhood that has meant that they might have a feeling that no one's ever managed to connect the dots for them. So having that whole kind of, I wonder if, 
you know it's just a sort of speculation you're not saying that anything's concrete and actually everything's open for debate do you know now you say that um the guy i saw as a counselor uh, sort of a year a couple of years ago nearly now he did a lot of that he used to say i wonder like i wonder what you think would happen if or i wonder what would happen if you did that or you, yeah. and now you say that yeah he probably got quite a lot out of me or i wonder why you felt like that after that situation and yeah yeah, yeah. now you say absolutely. it <laughs> so, yeah. so even at nearly 40 that's still works. yeah absolutely because sometimes we need just to take a step back from ourselves to actually look at that and so sometimes you know putting in something that is like a question I wonder actually if you felt like you were a bit frustrated when x said z um and so it, it's sort of being able to sort of disingenuously pop in an idea to see where it lies yeah to, to really try clever. and get to try and get them to open up yeah absolutely it's only a springboard because you know with the best will in the world if they're not going to talk they're absolutely not going to talk to you but at least you have opened up a conversation you've given in some suggestions and you've actually said you know i'm i'm here if you need me and you haven't pushed it you you can just remain open and it's one of my lovely counselor people um had actually said at some point in one of the reflective meetings they said it's almost like we've become human doings not human beings and sometimes just mm. the art of being with somebody works wonders in itself do you know uh, it's funny you say this because halves and i we spend so much time obviously we're talking about the brave and determined company the podcast all the time we text each other all the time mm -hmm. but when i see him physically god everything's so much easier and it's yeah. and it's just you know that face-to-face -face contact and i don't know if you feel this half you might be like god the guy's really annoying but for me seeing him answers like I could, I could be frustrated about some stuff that's going on with with the brave and determined company and i think god this is really this is in the back of my head and i can't work this out and i spend five minutes just chatting to him about it face to face and it's sorted yeah absolutely you you can really tell what each other is, is really thinking because actually most of our social communication is done through implicit messaging and expressions and micro expressions yeah, I mean, I would agree with that entirely. I, I mean, I think I think exactly the same thing. And, you know, it's a bit broader, but from a work point of view, we were talking about this the other day. So we've got this this um, situation where there's a lot of people that haven't returned to the office yet or they're not in the office all the time. And those that are in the office find it so much easier when the others return because mm -hmm. Zoom, Zoom or Teams, whatever you're using, it forces you to put up barriers and you deal with one issue maybe in a meeting and that's that and that's gone and you don't think about other things or you see a reaction in somebody you know face to face you see a reaction it changes your mind it changes it makes you ask another question you get so much more out of being face to face than you do being remote yeah yeah definitely and it's just it's it is like i say the way that we were absolutely built as human beings to interact and 
that's the thing that that brings in all those real good feel good hormones that you know flood your brain when you're actually with somebody yeah it's amazing you know and it's all the obvious stuff that i mean i read lots and lots of books and it's all obvious things but you know you're spelling it out in quite a quite a good way that make that i'm definitely going to take something away from this you know and i think for me it's looking at my relationship with the children and because you know we've said about them withdrawing or you know, hanging out with people they, they you've not met but you chuck the hormones in there as well and you've got a mix of all sorts of stuff going on in those poor little people's heads haven't you yeah absolutely and sometimes it's really hard because what they don't have is any form of blueprint into being an adult all they're having to do is do the drama of being a young person so everything gets acted out in the theater of life which is why drama theatre works so well is because actually you can make a drama. You can go through scenarios to go, what happens when, when this happens? When we stick this in the drama, how does it change? Okay, we're going to change the drama. We're going to do the same thing, but we're going to stick another thing in and see how that changes it. You know, it's a really powerful kind of form. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're almost... The anxiety, anxiety is about, you know, looking forward and not understanding or the fear of yeah. something that might happen. But if you've acted it out in drama, then you might know how it's going to pan out in for real in life. Absolutely. And there's there's nothing to stop parents going, all right, let's let's have a little trial run and let's, you know, do do a little skit for five minutes in the kitchen to go. Let's see how this might work out. I better be quite fun doing that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get, get your acting laughing. shoes on. <laughs> So Shelley, can I ask you a question? Because I, I always, I've always wanted to ask a counsellor or counsellors this, is mm -hmm. how do you look after your own mental health? Because obviously you deal, must deal and hear a lot of um, damaging things and a lot of really hard things to take in. So how do you manage your own mental health? So first off, I have, um, I have supervision, which means that I have two supervisors because I'm immensely greedy um, but I have two wonderful people that I can go and this has happened and this has happened and then they said this and then this happened and I don't know what I'm doing anymore um, and you know they prop you up they put you back on the right path so that actually you feel empowered enough to kind of know what you're doing and that you're not in it alone because of course therapies are pretty lonely kind of uh, thing to do me and Jackie have a great time over lunch occasionally just so that we can sit and chat because we might not have seen another actual kind of adult that we can just sit and be ourselves with um, I also paddleboard and I love it oh fantastic oh it's great I also go for long walks like if I if I've got 40 minutes I'm annoyed because I like to go out for two hour walks um, and I read an awful lot, but I also have a total love of theatre and I do Amdram. So um, currently... Which is one of the I... reasons why we were delayed <laughs> in getting you on, wasn't it? Because you were finishing off oh, some, some Amdram. Yeah, so I was doing Sense and Sensibility in um, Dean's Court in Wimborne. So, um, yes, I was slightly under pressure there because I was playing the lead. They kind of needed me. 
Um, and I'm stage managing Love from a Stranger, which is going to be in the Tivoli in October. And I'm also set designing that one as well. So I really like to do that. And they, they're like another family as well. And I love all my Amdram people and I hang out with them and we go to the theatre together. We go to the pub together. And, it, you know, that's the thing that counts. It goes back to that sociability part again. Oh, great. I mean, that sounds to me like a Brave and Determined Company night out for me, Lisa and Harv. <laughs> yeah, I love the yeah, I, I mean, I've got one more question, uh, Shelley. Is, um, can I come and see you tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I have some slots available. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask what her favourite musical was. <laughs> oh, well, well. We can ask that as well. I, I, like, I like a good rock musical. Like, I love oh. Rocky Horror. I love Rent. I love Little Shop of Horrors, you know, all of the nice, yeah, all the... Ones. Oh, fantastic. Well, let's do it. Let's go and see Shelley. In the... Where did you say it was the Tivoli in Wimborne? So, yeah, I'm going to be stage managing that one unless anything goes hideously wrong and <laughs> I will be on stage. But let's keep our fingers crossed that you never see me. Hopefully, <laughs> I will get back on stage again at some point. Well, I think we we need to come when you're on stage to come and see you in your in whatever character you'll be playing, because that would be really cool. But um, unfortunately, we're running out of time, Shelley. So. Thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts as a counsellor with us. And I think it will really help some people out there. And I know it's definitely helped me was thinking about some of the ways I am with my children and hopefully some people take something away from this with their children. Halves, as another father, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean, it's been brilliant listening to you, uh, Shelley. It's been I've learned a lot um, and hopefully we can get you on again in the future. Um, to discuss more stuff because that was yeah that was really good thank you uh there's um thank you guys you know it's, this has been a really fun kind of interlude oh nice and we've got to say a massive thanks as well for all the work you do for us with the brave and determined company because obviously we refer people to you so thank you so much for what you do and uh, and keep up the amazing work thank you <laughs> you are more than welcome Wow, that was an amazing interview with Shelley. What an amazing person. Really, yeah, really interesting as well, what she was saying. Yeah, like, I've, it's left me with lots of questions, I think. Lots of questions about me and how I look at things. And um, she's quite similar, reads a lot, walks a lot. I do a lot of that sort of thing. So, yeah, kind of cool. Maybe I should be a counsellor. Absolutely not. I need a counsellor, not I should be one. <laughs> Uh, she was great absolutely great lots to uh, take away from that and have a good old think about and get her on again one day hopefully yeah absolutely and if anyone's got any questions for shelly um send them over send them over to us at the the email address the brave and determined company at gmail.com and i can ask shelly and we could get the answers on it so that'd be really cool lise got any rants this week any insurance type rants no do you want to hear my rant rants in your can everyone stop setting fire to stuff please <laughs> I don't know if it's people, I don't know if it's just stuff. Stop setting fire to stuff, whoever you are, <laughs> however it happens, just stop. Uh, rant over, that's me done. It's quite, yeah, some uh, very serious rants tonight. You know, yeah. Gone are the McFlurry days. This is serious now. Bad Code Mental Health Podcast gets serious.
It's because the McFlurry machines have been working. Yeah, well, it's obviously worked. I've rants about McDonald's. So I took a very, very esteemed colleague of mine from the fire service who's a massive supporter of our podcast. Um, I won't drop her name, Miss Lady Wheeler, um, to the to McDonald's. And she tried a milkshake, Sarah, from the fire station, who I talk about a lot. She tried a milkshake from McDonald's first time ever. She tried it. Guess what flavour she had? Chocolate. She went strawberry. Oh, did she like it? No. And I said, well, yeah, I kind of let you down there, didn't I? One, we've built it up way too much on how good they are. And secondly, this is a bit like when we took you to Nando's. To Nando's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I built it up. And then so she, I let her order a strawberry milkshake. And I should have said to her, look, go vanilla or chocolate. You know, don't, don't be going strawberry first yes. time in. Yeah. She was absolutely disappointed. I could see the look on her face. Oh, oh man. So, yeah, sorry, Sarah Wheeler. So, Harves, if you could take something out of today's podcast, what would it be? Um, well, I think it has to be something that Shelley said, um, and it's about how you frame your questions to your children when you're trying to get some information out of them regarding their mental health. It's you know not this direct asking; it's this um, suggestions that she she referred to. I think that that was really good, um, and that's something I will be doing and taking away from this episode. Nice. What about you, Lise? Uh, mine's kind of linked to, to Shelley's interview. So I did a little bit of research before she came on um, and for a post we did earlier this week on Instagram. And I was just shocked at the statistics of young people's mental health in this country at the moment. It was it was just mind blowing. You know, there's I think in one month there was 420,000 people waiting for mental health care. What, under and the out- age of 18? Yeah, well, yeah, so young children or teens yeah wow and that's, that's why we're staggering doing what we're doing and that's just people who have actually gone and sought help as well that's not that's not the people who are still sat at home and don't know how to talk to anyone but that is why we do what we do and if people buy some cool stuff from badco.uk all of the profit goes into helping those people who can't get help uh, with people yeah. like shelly who is just lovely yeah. And it, I think it was something like two thirds of people who actually get accept or go to their doctor or their GP get declined treatment. Wow. Why? Uh, oh, no, sorry. It was 34 percent of people who seek out help won't be accepted for treatment. It should be 100 percent of people yeah. who seek help get treatment. Yeah. Why, Imagine why going, is there 34 percent like, who don't? Yeah. That, taking the courage and the time to go and see someone telling them how you feel and then being told actually you know whether they i don't know how they decide but you know that's it's mind-blowing what doctor says sorry we can't help you i guess it's the system isn't it wow you know and that's why there needs to be more things like you guys more hubs more places where kids can go and get help which doesn't involve having to go and see their gp well, that's why we're doing what we're doing, isn't it? All of us. Yeah. Every And that's not just me and Harv. We've got a big team behind us, so we can't thank everyone enough for everything they do. It's not just yeah. me and Harv's. We've got lots of helpers. Everybody's doing it uh, voluntarily. There's no, yeah, nobody's being paid for anything. Um, yeah, great people that are helping us out behind the scenes, and that's those included in, in the charity side of it as well. Yeah. Um, and everybody that's bought something. I mean, that's, you know. Those people that's who bought something are just as much help as people who uh, are there dedicated daily or weekly or, or whatever else they're doing for the Brave and Determined Company. And we get so many people say to us, how can I help? Buy something. Go on the website, buy something. 
because everyone who buys something, yeah, you get some cool apparel, but you're helping someone receive that early intervention life-saving counselling, and that's what this is all about. For me, my takeaway is absolutely what you said, Harv, um, talking to my children in a different way, but also personally, the way she said about I said about I skipped through songs and she said, oh, no, you've got to see that out. And I think actually that's a really good thing because I know it's really high level that I'm just skipping a music, you know, a song. But actually, if you if you made sure you listen to everything, I think that te teach you patience and acceptance and calmness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'll just wait until the next song. And Dr. Rongan Chatterjee says that in his book when he says he only listens to albums because he doesn't want to he doesn't like the the overwhelming of oh, what should i choose so he just listens to albums that he know he knows he likes oh, but even then i still skip a song on an album I'm like, i don't know that one but you do like it though don't you well i mean i like the yeah, but like you buy an album and you're not gonna like all 12 songs are you well i wholeheartedly disagree with that statement some albums are like stories to me. And some, yeah, yeah, but not all. Not every single album you buy, you want to listen to from start a to finish. A grand don't come for free by the streets. That's a whole that you story, listen to. Yeah, fantastic <laughs> album. Oh, I want to. I love. Can I just say I love buying a CD. I still have CDs in my car. Brilliant. I have got a CD player, but I don't know if it works. Have you got leather seats? No. Oh. Well, there's a reference to a song in it. Yeah. Have you got a house in Devon? <laughs> You do There you go, Lisa. That's our out song for you tonight. Um, but yeah, everyone out there, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, go to our website, badco.uk, buy something. Just go and buy a t shirt. They're really super quality. I'm, I'm going to oversell this now, and I'm not a salesman. You will get super cool stuff of really high quality. We've focused on the quality of everything we've got. You will not be disappointed. Buy a T-shirt, buy a hoodie. When it turns up, tell all your mates about it. Wear it everywhere. Tell them how good you are doing because you have bought this and it has delivered early intervention, life-saving counselling to someone. So today, do it. Go buy something. Badco.uk. So, Lise, come on. Now's the time. We need some Westlife because we only got a little <laughs> sneaky peek last week. By the way, I got absolutely no feedback on my vanilla ice wrap. The person out there, uh... who you know who you are, who was on me for months, I do it. Not even a text message to acknowledge that I did it. So do you know what? I think the world's in shock. It was a good wrap. <laughs> Come on, Lise. Give it to us. Westlife. Let's go. Uptown girl. She's been living in her up town world i bet she's never had a backstreet guy i bet her mama never told her why i'm gonna try for an uptown girl, girl. <laughs> she's my you know i kind of girl. put the fire in her post, but maybe someday when my ship comes in <laughs> wow. wow there you go I swear people just tune in to listen to that. They skip sure all through. They, they skip all through <laughs> what we talk about to just get to that at the end. I can't listen to it. I have to stop it at the end. See, Lise, when your album comes out of all the songs <laughs> sung on our podcast, I am going to listen to that from start to finish. I am going to enjoy the journey. Yeah, skip. all 12 songs, not skipping <laughs> any of them. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for tonight. I think it's a really good episode. Really great to have Shelley on and obviously love catching up with you guys after what has been an exhausting week. So it's really nice to see you both and thank you. You brought a smile to my face. 
Yay. Cheers, guys. See you later. Take care. Bye. Bye. And that brings us to the end of season one of the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. We're going to take a short break and we'll see you soon, folks.